Hey there, Purpose Warriors. Welcome to the Awaken to Purpose podcast. This is Dr. Brunel from drbrunel.com, where we believe that every season in your life serves a greater purpose. If you're new to the podcast, here's what you need to know. We are a community of purpose warriors who believe that God's best version of ourselves is hidden on the inside of us, just waiting to be awakened as we grow in our relationship and continue to say yes to what God has called us to do in the earth. We know that God's purpose for our lives was preordained and the reason why he created us. So every other week, this podcast seeks to explore how to awaken to your purpose from a practical standpoint and become God's best version of you. And we do this by touching upon our five pillars of purpose, faith, relationship, identity, resiliency, and stewardship. If you want to know more about our five pillars of purpose, head over to my website at www.drvernell.com backslash podcast. So before we dive in, I need to share with you that this podcast is being brought to you by my new book, From Pain to Purpose, where I share actionable steps, biblical principles, and life lessons on how I discovered my purpose after a painful and unexpected divorce and was left to raise two children with more than a million dollars of debt, zero access, and a negative network. My book is available on my website, again, at www.drbrunel.com, also on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, or wherever books are sold. So if you want to learn more about how to release limiting beliefs, overcome financial difficulties, experience radical breakthroughs, and step courageously into your purpose, then grab your copy today. And remember that God can use whatever unfair or unjust act, any rejection or hurtful experience, and transform your pain into your purpose. So let's jump right in. So good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you are tuning in to the Awaken the Purpose podcast. Today, I have an incredible guest. Her name is Misha Miller. She is a realtor, a certified life coach, and the co-founder of Bridging Black Love, a platform designed to create spaces and opportunities for Black men and women to participate in constructive conversations about relationships. She is passionate about all things relationship building, and helping women strategically overcome life struggles and manifest the lives they are meant to live. Welcome, 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 Misha. So glad to have you on today. (laughs) Thank you. I am glad to be here. You did such a great job with that introduction. (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) Like, you know, sometimes people will say like, who is that? Who are you talking about? I'm like, yeah, boo, I'm talking about you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So yeah, why don't we just go ahead and you can jump right in. It sounds like you have an incredible story that you want to share with the listeners today. So go ahead. Yeah. So my story is probably typical of a lot of young women. I'm not so young anymore, but um, (laughs) so I was, (laughs) by the time I was 21, I was married with two children. And although I had seen that for myself in life. I knew I'd be married. I knew I'd have my two kids and a dog in a house forever. I had no sense that it would, you know, kind of all fall into my lap at such a young and unprepared place. So I'm thinking about, you know, kind of my purpose in life and kind of how that marriage uh, very early and having my kids very young shaped me is that, you know, I was walking around at 30 plus years old with no purpose. 
somebody asked me, I don't know if that was about 31, 32, and they asked me, who are you? And they said, don't say anything about being a mother or a wife. And I was like, I don't have an answer mm-hmm. because that's all that I am outside of where I work and my children and my husband. I had nothing that was unique to me. I didn't mm-hmm. know who I was. So mm-hmm. yes, yeah, 30 plus, I had to figure out who in the world was I and what is my purpose in life? Because your kids grow up, marriages don't last forever. And you know, who will you be when you're not mothering? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so funny that you say that because I kind of had that moment myself when I was married where I could not say who I really was outside of mm-hmm. being a mother, being a wife and being somebody's employee and things like that. It's so interesting how we use those, those things to define who we are, but that's not really who we are, the essence of who we are. But I do have a question So one of the things you talked about is that you were unprepared. And so if you could just share what that really looked like for you, and I can only imagine at the age of 21, having two kids, what did unprepared look like for you? Unprepared looked like not having any idea what challenges I'd faced in life and marriage and parenthood. You know, I had these rose colored glasses on thinking that, you know, you love somebody, you fall in love, you have the kids, everything just works out, right? God will provide and we'll figure it out. And I had no concrete plans for myself or for my family at that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think what's so interesting kind of like about this idea of being prepared, it is like who prepares you to be a mother who prepares you to really be a wife. It's kind of like you are going into a situation and then before you notice, you're just kind of free falling. Mm -hmm. So when the person asked you, like, who are you? Where did you end up landing with that? So I didn't land anywhere that day because (laughs) I literally just told her pass because I didn't have anything. Mm. I couldn't even make up anything. That's how little time I spent figuring out who I was because yeah, I couldn't even make up an answer. Mm-mm. So then like, you kind of like looking back on that. So do you know who you are now? Like now, like, I don't know, X number of years later, because that is something that kind of plagues us, I would imagine, is the question of like, who am I? What am I here for? What is my purpose? Yeah, I would say, you know, in that moment, I figured that I needed to take the time to figure out who in the world am I? What do I like to do? Mm-hmm. You know, how do I like to spend my time when I'm not working or running my kids around or, you know, chilling with my husband? And I subsequently found dance, got very involved with samba and traveling and all of these things that I figured out I liked, uh, but I still didn't know who I was, what my purpose was. So I'd done all these things and figured out what in the world I like to do and places I'd like to go, but I still didn't know who I was. You know, even now at 40 plus, I'm finally getting to the place where I think I can answer, who am I? And I'm approaching figuring out what my purpose is. So I think I could definitely do a better job at responding to her question Mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm, Yeah. mm -hmm. Yeah. So take us through a little bit about, you know, when you were married very early on and you had your kids very early on, I think people are really interested in knowing kind of like what challenges, if any, do you encounter? as a 21-year-old person who is the mother of two and the wife of someone? We faced a lot of challenges. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
<laughs> Where do we start? Okay, so there were, I would say, let's go with parenting first. Mm-hmm. I'm realizing now that the way that I parented had a lot to do with my own childhood traumas and mm. kind of how I was raised, but I didn't even have that awareness as I was raising my kids. So I think the biggest challenge is that I, because I wasn't aware of those things, Mm-hmm. I was repeating those things things, and then adding additional, just based on the challenges that my ex-husband and I were encountering while my kids were watching. So we had those challenges, you know, parenting, being on different pages with parenting. We have financial challenges, you know, being young and both trying to figure out what we're good at and how we can make money and sustain ourselves and, you know, have the things in the Bay Area that we want to have. And so our whole marriage was rife with financial struggles. I was married to someone who kind of lived for today, very giving, like get paid on Friday, loan somebody money on Saturday and be out of money on Monday. So, (laughs) (laughs) so yeah, we had, we did have a lot of, we just weren't even on the same page financially. And even if we were, we still lacked the financial resources to have the things that we both needed and wanted. So we had financial struggles. We had struggles with infidelity. Mm-hmm. Um, Hello. You know, Hello. <laughs> you know yeah, my story. And, yes. And yes. some of my childhood traumas, you know, really surfaced during the times of those moments of infidelity, because I thought that the answer to that was put my hands on somebody. Keeping it real. You know, so we had those challenges as well. and. I think the the only reason why we kind of had the tenacity to stay together is we were young and dumb Mm -hmm. and we didn't know that we deserved better than what we were giving each other. Mm. Um, (laughs) So our marriage kind of survived on stupidity for the most part. And arguably a lot of people's do, right? So, cause you don't know what you don't know when you go into these situations and you don't really understand the idea of becoming one and the idea of for better or for worse. You're like, okay, if it gets any worse, then I'm just going to go ahead and exit stage right. Mm-hmm. So when you had infidelity in the relationship, was that early on in the marriage, somewhere in between later on? It was early on and mm-hmm. it was also in the middle of the marriage. I think mm-hmm. in the last few years of our marriage, we probably the most faithful that my ex-husband had been, mm-hmm. which came to the surprise of his family members as to why I was leaving the marriage because they thought, you know, you only leave when somebody's cheating on you. So yeah, the last few years, although I think the both of us had checked out, that was probably the most faithful he had been. Okay. So when you say you guys had checked out, what does that look like? I know what it looked like for me in my situation. <laughs> it's just like, you know, you start, you know, you're in a marriage you know, you live in the mm-hmm. same house. You have these conversations that seem very transactional at times. Mm-hmm. And there's not this feeling of intimacy or sometimes closeness. But what did it look like in your house, in your life at that time? So I would say it was very interesting because we met so young that we became family. So even throughout all the challenges, we still laughed and, you know, hung out, watched TV and enjoyed each other's company, but we were just in two different places. So as I was trying to figure out who I was as a person and what I like to do, because I prioritize those things like travel, I had -hmm. to travel alone. You know, I traveled with friends. I traveled with family members. I did no traveling with my ex-husband. So that caused a big rift in our marriage. So that checking out for me was more about checking in with myself. And so to check in with myself, I really had to check out from him 
it caused a disconnect with him because I was no longer interested in just being his wife and being a mother. You know, I was trying to figure out who I was for myself. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I checked out in that way. And then he was, I think he suffered through depression for several years at the end of our marriage. And so his checkout would look like, you know, just being unmotivated, not wanting to leave the house, um, not wanting to go to any events, not wanting to be around family. Mm-hmm. We're kind of losing interest in just day-to-day things to the point where the kids, they just want to be out of the house because it, his spirit was so depressive. And if you sat around him long enough, it kind of transferred to you. And so mm-hmm. they'd be like, let's just leave. Let's just go without, <laughs> let's just go without that. A mm, spirit of heaviness and sadness in a house. Yeah, I feel like I went through that as well. So when did you guys decide that it just wasn't working? And where was God in the mix in all of this? I was if like anywhere at all. Out. <laughs> yeah. So I wasn't raised necessarily in the church. My mom got saved when I was 11. And actually, I kind of brought her to the church because she just went to visit. She heard there was cute men <laughs> at the church. And that was a good place Hello. to meet a, meet a mm-hmm. husband. And so I actually got heavily involved in the youth program at church. And so I just enjoyed going so much that I'd kind of push her to go. And so she became super active after that. And then, of course, I got, you know, I turned into a teenager and became something else. (laughs) (laughs) We all turn into teenagers and become something else. Like, who are you? (laughs) Something is someone else. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. So I wouldn't say that I consulted with God in the way that most people would express that, you know, it wasn't a whole lot of prayer. It was Mm -hmm. more so getting in touch with what religion meant to me and what God meant to me. And for me, I became more spiritual than religious at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And so as I was kind of deciding to leave the marriage, actually it's a one-way decision because my ex-husband did not want to, he did not want a divorce. I remember returning from a trip And I told him I was miserable and I just was not happy. And I didn't see myself ever being happy in the marriage. But if he was okay with that, I would stay. Mm -hmm. And he was like, okay. Oh, (laughs) he said, okay, I'm okay with you being miserable. Just stay right here. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Also, actually about a year, (laughs) about a year after that, (laughs) about one year after that, I sometimes you got to laugh at these things, you know, you look back on it and just laugh. But yes, right. You know, he was like, okay. And I was like, is that it? And yeah, that's it. Okay. I mean, you're going to stay, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe a year after that, probably a year almost to the date, I decided I was going to foul. And you know, you knew me very well at that time. I decided I was going to foul, went through the process, a lot of, you know, just figuring out the paperwork and how I was going to break it to him because I knew that it was going to be something that would be very devastating to him in a lot of ways. One, because he still wasn't in a great financial place. And my worry was that he wasn't going to have, you know, anywhere to go. You know, what was he going to do? I still was very concerned because he's still family to me. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of went through this thing of kind of like weaning him out of the marriage. (laughs) I had helped him get reemployed. I kind of lined up a situation where he'd have somewhere to stay. And then I told him that I was filing for divorce and then asked him who he wanted to serve him, which ended up being my brother. Like that's how tightly we were. So he chose my brother to serve him. We're still living in a house together. You know, Mm -hmm. he's 
sitting there watching TV. I'm in the room and he's being served. And that was going through the motions, just going, just through, going the through the motions. Just going through the motions. And I think for him, he just felt kind of powerless, like it was happening to him. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of guilt around that because I knew it was the right thing for me to do. But I knew it was going to devastate him at that time. Yeah. So, so you know, we stay like that for six, seven months. Mm. Oh, it just yeah. makes my stomach turn just even hearing it. Cause you know, flashback. <laughs> I'm curious to know. So one of the things that you talked about when you were trying to figure some things out and explore, you talked about spiritual versus kind of like religion or religious. Mm-hmm. Like what did you mean by that? What I mean by that is um not so much living my life biblically, but taking what I had learned from being, you know, grown up in or coming up in the church with mm-hmm. what I felt in my soul and my personal relationship with God and applying that to my life more than the opinions of the church or with this scripture, that scripture said, not that any of that isn't relevant in spirituality, but I think spirituality mm-hmm. is more holistic versus you follow this rule and that rule because it's going to get you here. And mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. me, spirituality is more of a journey than practices. Mm-hmm. So for me, I identify more with that. Okay. 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 Oh my gosh. So one of the things that you also talked about that I just kind of like wanted to pin too is you talked about weaning him off the marriage. What exactly does that mean? (laughs) What did that look like? Yeah, that's everything from not being physical to kind of making sure that he had employment in place and a plan, a living plan. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like checking off these lists, like kind of how you obviously minus the romantic part, but how you would prepare an adult child to kind of not have you in the home or have you present. I felt like that's what I was doing with my ex-husband. You um, were mothering. Preparing him for after the marriage. I just want to come for the screen right now and I want to flip <laughs> out this chair. And, <laughs> and not about the, you know, the difficulty that people have, because that is very traumatic for some people. But just this idea of sometimes when you marry someone very early on and you really don't know yourself, that you fall sometimes into these roles that you really shouldn't be in. So when you think about the role of a wife, it is not to be somebody's mother, but it almost sounds Mm -hmm. like that's the role that you took on because you talked about the guilt. You talked about trying to help him find a job or a steady job. You talked about all these things almost as if he wasn't a grown man, but more so like he was a boy, like a child, not to say, you know, right. But some of that sometimes has to do with the roles that we fall into either naturally, or you feel forced into these roles. And so when you're describing this idea of weaning him off, that's almost what it sounds like. Is that an accurate description or depiction of what it was like in your relationship? That is what it was like at that time. Now, as a 40 plus person reflecting on that, I realized that I enabled that and I Mm -hmm. actually created a lot of that. So the end of that marriage was probably the best thing that ever happened to him as well, because he had to figure out who he was and he wasn't going to be with someone who was a mother him anymore, Mm -hmm. which was never doing him any favors. Mm -hmm. You know, that probably set him back more than it did help because I see him now he's remarried. Um, is he? Wow. He is remarried as of mm-hmm. last year. And I'm actually really proud because I feel like I don't talk to him, you know, other than through my children. But 
it seems like he takes more of a leadership role mm-hmm. in his marriage now. And so I've realized that I kind of created the situation where it was like mother and child. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, like I think the end of that marriage is probably the best thing that happened to both of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so how has your relationship, I'm curious to know how your relationship with God evolved over time. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so you were raised in the church, so to speak, or you engaged. I don't know if it was raised versus engaged in the church um, based on, <laughs> sounds like more engagement, you know, and sometimes that's people's introduction to God, like, right, of just being in the church and participating in different activities in the church and hearing about God, but not really knowing who he is um, through his word and maybe in your heart. And things like mm-hmm. that. What has your relationship become with God at this particular point in your life now? So I think my relationship now is one that is very personal. Mm-hmm. It's not secondhand. It's not something that my grandma told me to do. It's not something that my mom was reminding me to be active in. It's a relationship that I have that is very unique to me mm-hmm. and very personal. And I would say that's where I'm at with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, All right. Well, Mish, that was deep and (laughs) interesting. And it's just so funny. It's just like this idea of marriage, like a lot of women want to be married. And a lot of women get into the marriage and you look at it and you're just like, "Mm, is this what it's supposed to look like? Like sometimes you don't know. And sometimes (laughs) your example, if you don't have parents who were married or you saw that throughout, or sometimes marriage becomes whatever we see on social media or what we see on TV and things like that. And I know I had these moments when I kind of felt like, well, nobody told me it was going to be like this. And so when you talk about being unprepared, I think that's a part of it too. Like, what does it mean to be someone's wife? It doesn't always mean that, you know, you're going to be cooking and cleaning. That stuff has changed. That's evolved, right? Mm -hmm. It means a lot of other things. And so it's so interesting as we go through life and we want to have these relationships with people. The important thing is that we really need to understand who we are and know ourselves and taking a whole person into a relationship instead of a broken person. And sometimes what Mm -hmm. happens is that we're broken by other people, the things that they do and the things that they say. And then we just take on these different identities instead of the identity that Christ gave us from the beginning. Right. Right. And so it just sounds like that happened to you. And I think this happens to so many people where you get to a certain point in life where you're just trying to figure you out. Who am I? Mm-hmm. Right. And so hopefully you continue to become God has called you to be. And prayerfully, it'll be a beautiful journey between you and God. But I do want to kind of like, as we wrap up, ask you these questions that I ask everyone. So okay. the first is from your story that you've shared, what life lessons have you learned about your purpose? So I think I always had the same purpose, but I didn't realize it. So I've always felt felt the most satisfaction and joy when I'm helping others. I didn't believe before that one that that was purposeful enough. I didn't think it was Mm -hmm. big enough. It didn't seem, you know, that's just something you were supposed to do. But over the last couple of years, I've found ways in which that I can live in my purpose and make money at it. You know, I can make a living in my purpose. And so that's kind of where I'm at now with the relationship forum, even in real estate. And then as I take on life coaching um, Mm -hmm. and helping other women through some of these struggles, you know, I've had struggles in the workplace, struggles in marriage, parenting, 
a lot of places that I think I could help other women kind of strategically get through. Mm-hmm. And so that is where I'm at with my purpose now. And I think it'll continue to evolve. The more that I explore myself, I think that purpose will evolve even more. Amen. So what advice would you offer listeners on awakening to their purpose? One would be that lesson I learned at about 30. Who are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Knowing mm-hmm. who you are, you know, in your relationship with God. Internally, who are you? Who are you as a person? What brings you joy? I think until you can answer those questions, honestly, even if you were aware what your purpose was, there you wouldn't have a roadmap to actually do anything with it. Okay. So yeah, my advice would be to get in touch with yourself first, check in with yourself first, and then worry about what your purpose is outside of that, outside okay. of you. Okay. All righty. So what does it mean to become God's best version of you? I think that is um, having a relationship with him. And, you know, when you ask, actually listening, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like when you have a conversation with a person and you only listen for a response that you want to hear. I think we do that in our prayer life too. You know, we'll mm-hmm. pray for something and say, oh Lord, you know, give me the answer to this, that, or the other. But if it isn't what you wanted to hear, you don't hear it. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's, you know, being in touch enough to know that when you're actually hearing from him so that you can execute on it. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what do you know about God that you wish the whole world knew? I wish that they knew they could have a personal relationship. It doesn't have to look like what somebody told you it had to look like, or, you know, it doesn't have to look like what somebody preached about on Sunday. That is a very personal relationship. Mm -hmm. I wish people knew that. Nobody holds the key to that relationship, but you and him. That's it. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's not as hard as we think it is. Sometimes we're just like, oh my God, it's just like, oh, you got to do this. Oh, you got to do that. I got to serve on this and I got to show up here and I got. God just wants to spend time with you. He wants to spend Mm -hmm. time with you, walking side by side with you, helping you to become the best person that you can become. And I think sometimes what people forget is that like prayer and a relationship with God is really about conversation. It's the same thing that we do with people. It's just you converse with people. You want to speak to them daily. Think about a romantic relationship, like you get kind of giddy and you're just like, oh, I can't wait to talk to them (laughs) or share this little bit of what's happening or ask for advice in some areas. And so, yeah. okay, great. So lastly, and I think this is very important. Where can people find you, Misha? They can find me on Instagram, Misha the Realtor, uh, Mm -hmm. Facebook, Misha the Realtor and YouTube, Misha the Realtor. Okay, um, Misha the Realtor. <laughs> and then on Facebook, Bridge and Black Love. Mm-hmm. And also on Instagram, um, the same way with Bridge and Black Love. Okay. So there you have it. You have all of Misha's social media platforms where you can find her. And I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It was very enlightening and insightful, some of the things that you shared. And I can't wait to put this out there. And I hope that you come back soon. (laughs) I will. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care, Misha. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Beyond my book, if you're interested in learning more about how to become God's best version of yourself by awakening to your purpose, consider enrolling in my online course, which you'll find on my website again, 
which is www.drvernell.com because God's love for you and the reason why he created you is greater than you will ever know. And guess what? He wants you to succeed in carrying out your purpose.